good Friday and welcome to Black Consumer News of Arkansas Radio, news that empowers. Today's Friday, May the 14th, 2021. And thank you so much for tuning in to Black Consumer News. You're listening to KABF 88.3 FM, the voice of the people. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We are glad that you are here with us. And uh, welcome again. Um, the big news this week on Black Consumer News is Black unemployment, Wes, and inflation, pennies, and 50 cents. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and a lot of talk about the bridge and the $4 trillion infrastructure plan. And that, and that bridge should definitely be a reflection on the direction we should be going to that make bridge sure. bridge and the gas prices with mm. Colonial Pipeline and... Uh, people don't know most of your gas get to you by pipeline which is probably older than we are so oh absolutely and that's a very uh confusing difficult situation debate what happened who did it and then five million bucks is missing that's all i got to say (laughs) pure (laughs) economics pure economics right of course we are your black consumer news uh your very own digital news platform that offers our readers and listeners the top headlines and stories as a black owned multimedia platform we are focused on reporting today's top headlines from the perspective of the black consumer within the broader global economy and political and business world. If you haven't already, please go and check us out. Blackconsumernews.com There you go. You don't have to do the www. If you want to. You if can. you want to, you can, yeah, right? You can. But we made it easy for you. <laughs> and we'd like you also to follow on our other uh, media platforms on Twitter, which is definitely blowing up. Uh, definitely blowing up by Guess Who's Guest that's in the house yeah. that blew us up all yeah. the way, yeah. right? Just went viral on all platforms. Just went viral on all oh. platforms. Mm-hmm. I'd like to welcome our special guest, Tamika Edwards in the house. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Wonderful. Yes. And thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Speaking of morning, we want you to sign up for our Monday morning brew. <laughs> our morning brew uh, newsletter. And so we send that out every Monday morning, right, Wes? That's right. And so check your inbox you or start. Have you can, you can start. Have your coffee with yeah, us. Have your coffee with us because coffee does what? Kind of sparks us up yeah, in the I morning. Yeah, I think you had too gets, much this gets, morning. Gets our day started. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I actually haven't had enough, okay? Ooh, ooh, ooh. So but I, the, what's, what you got drinking over there? Yeah, uh, some John can aspire. Okay. I aspire okay. to be great. Ooh, ooh. Okay, right. <laughs> we all need one of those, right? Because we're definitely aspiring our greatness, and we try to do that right here on Black Consumer News. I'm your host, Angel Burt, uh, BCN's chief creative officer and co-host of this show and of course in the studio every week with me is my co-host Wesley Brown BCN's publisher executive editor writing extraordinaire just all around gifted in all areas and all things Mm -hmm. can't remember my name (laughs) (laughs) but can remember everything else under the globe right as it pertains to all news and so again make sure you go and check out Black 
blackconsumernews.com. Uh, we keep you updated on, again, all the latest news that's happening around the world, and especially as it relates to black folks. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to keep engaged and, and, and want you to um, go on that platform and be a part of it with us. Mm -hmm. And we want to hear from you, right, Wes? Yeah, we're growing, and, and we've got some uh, really exciting things come up. We're going to be working with a lot of black students this summer, interns who are going to be helping us grow our platform in terms of video content, uh, more news, give, give them access to see what what's taking place, learn about policymaking, the government, uh, business, uh, uh, get them access. So that's one of the things our, our young people don't get access to. And, and, and that's why you don't have the diversity that you have in the, in, that we need in the, in the news business. And a matter of fact, that's something that you just talked about in a forum that you were um, mm -hmm. privy to be a part of. The Society I, of Professional Journalists. And I think you did an excellent job of really making that point, um, mm -hmm. you know, driving it home, that the opportunities aren't just really there. And a lot of things that we talk about, but we're not really about. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I think you do a very good job with in making sure that you express that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's across all aspects, mm -hmm. especially as it regards to black people, it, it, it crosses all aspects of our lives and mm. people need to become more aware of it and then not just talk about it yeah, let's that's, make some solid mm -hmm. differences and changes right yeah that's why I'm so glad that, that Tamika's here because you know w you know, when I was at the state capitol and, and you look around besides the black lawmakers that's it mm -hmm. you don't see anybody else up there that are in, in a, uh, uh, I'm and so excited that and Tamika was a trailblazer in terms of writing law, you know, being in, the, by, in behind the door negotiations on bills and, and legislation that impacts us. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's always good to see, you know, to walk through the halls of what's so-called power and see somebody that looks like you. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we need to see more of it. Mm -hmm. And we definitely just continue that conversation and learn how to cultivate that early in mm -hmm. our young minds and our babies. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we think about high school, but I am, I'm just like, you know, I'm of the thought process that we got to reach our babies, mm -hmm. our elementary school ages. And I know that you have little ones, Tamika, mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking really, really more about that. I want us to go ahead and get started on those headlines. Um, so, okay, Wes, and, and make sure that you know this, Tamika, that you are welcome to join in the conversation oh, well, yeah, and, as well headline. as the yeah, I know you yeah, know. Yeah. This is, open up the door. That's right. Move your mic around. Get comfortable. Put that purse over a little bit. <laughs> and we want our listeners to make sure that you are engaged with us as well. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to give us a call here at 501 433-0088. Again, you're listening to Black Consumer News here on KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. So come on, people, let's have this conversation. Okay, Wes, so let's talk about the rescue. Mm -hmm. so on Monday, the U.S. Treasury Department also began releasing Arkansas's portion of more than $350 billion in new emergency aid from the from the president's rescue plan. Arkansas, of course, is the largest county. Pulaski County received $76.12 million in emergency aid, followed by Benton County and Washington County, receiving a total of $54.12 million and $46.45 million. So where is that money going? Are other counties getting some money? Because that, those are some high dollars right there. And more importantly, what are we going to be doing with that money? Well, you know, in the last bill, that, that the CARES Act that was passed by uh, President Trump, signed into law by President Trump, 
a lot of people didn't know about it, but the, the, the governor created a steering committee. About $1.25 billion came to the state of Arkansas. People didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that money was handed out uh, 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 all across the state to, 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 uh, to organizations and state agencies. That, 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 and that money had to be basically appropriated by the end of December 31st. Of, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I've I watched some of those steering committees, and, and we were not involved in that. The community didn't know about that until a lot of times it was too late. And, and uh, uh, by uh, so, what with this, there's 1.6 billion that comes to the state, then the municipality, the counties get a portion, and then the cities get a portion. The city of Little Rock is going to get 37.7 million, it's based on 2019 population estimates. Uh, for instance, the largest county, being Pulaski County, gets the most, and then it goes down to all the way to the smallest county. Every county gets some. Fourteen MSAs or Metropolitan Service Areas mm-hmm. in the state of Arkansas also get money. That means the fourteen largest city by population at the end of 2019 gets a portion of, of that money. So that money should come down. What we call, uh, I don't like to say trickle down to the people, but but those Different monies agencies. will at, at the county level. It should yes. come through the counties. It should be related to COVID, and and uh, and it should uh, those counties administrators should have some information out there to tell people how they can access that money. Mm-hmm. Same way at the city, the thirty-seven point seven million will come through the city of Little Rock, and they'll get. Then the state of Arkansas has a one point five seven billion pool. That they were also similar to what happened with the CARES Act. It's going to steer in committee, governor named uh, Larry Walter, I think, mm-hmm. over that. And uh, those money will funnel down. And, and Tamika, the, as you know, a lot of times that, that money from the federal, we don't even ha- have any idea of what's going on with that money. No, because sometimes it's so complicated to even know what's happening. Then when it goes to the state agencies, especially if they don't update their websites for mm-hmm. people to know, and if they go to state agencies, then they may go to organizations within those communities. So, mm-hmm. for example, one um, thing is when you have rental payment assistance, yes. when you have um, utility payment assistance, you know, of course, I'm at Central Arkansas Water, and we're thoughtful about how mm-hmm. those funds are going to help our customers in our communities who have been behind on their water bills mm-hmm. and how do we access those funds for our customers as being the largest utility in the state and so mm-hmm. if we're in the hustle and bustle and this is why I think it's important for us to understand what our thriving mind is as well as our surviving mind <laughs> because when you're thriving you have enough time to look and probably go down a rabbit hole of information. Do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. But when you're surviving you're thinking about how am I going to make sure that I do this 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 that and the other eat sleep and drink water Mm. and so if we're if we're not a part of organizations or networks that let us know what's happening most times we simply will not know because you won't even know what website to go to in order to access and you mentioned that the whole rent issue the the, Mm -hmm. the moratoriums are going to be ending uh, some in the, the, the CDC moratorium on the eviction mm-hmm. moratorium ends on June 30th. Uh, and so, and I've just read a report that most people who have made use of that or, and you have to do something mm-hmm. uh, to even, even uh, um, make use of that, but they're three months 
behind mm-hmm. and uh, not only uh, but also on, uh, on the mortgage mortgage side too so there's going to be some impact once that happens oh yeah we'll now talk- pulaski county has begun sending out information mm-hmm. for rental and mm-hmm. utility assistance mm-hmm. yeah. and so i think that's updated on their website and they've probably sent some information out to consumers mm-hmm. yeah caller are you there hey hotel <clears throat> bird how you doing this i'm morning? wonderful do you have a comment or a question uh, yeah i want to put some information out there good morning to you mr brown and mr mika hey uh, I'm, uh, this is Chairman Lowe with the Lower Housing Authority. Uh, as part of uh, President Biden's recovery plan, we just received 86 new Section 8 vouchers. All right, that's great. But the problem is mm-hmm. the capacity, meaning the housing. You know, mm-hmm. Little Rock is a, a glutton full of apartments. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what I'm asking is, and for your listening audience, we need landlords to sign up for the Section 8 program so we can get these Section 8 vouchers out to people who need it the most. Yes, yes. Um, And and in addition to that, our our, uh, main Section 8 waiting list has been exhausted. Right. So meaning that that will be opening up sometime between the end of this month and the beginning of June. Uh, there's no definite time yet. We're still trying to work out the details. Okay. But housing is such a big economic driver. That yes, it is. It is the economic driver. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a great wealth builder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, you sit down, own a house, uh, every, uh, you know, tax time, looking forward to a five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar check. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you own a house? Mm-hmm. And with that, peace and blessings, y'all. Well, I, I want to reach out to you and, and, and yeah. get more information about Absolutely. that so we can write a, uh, get that information out. Right. Well, go to uh, MHA, okay. org, which is the Housing Authority's uh, website. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you so Thanks much. We call. appreciate that information. I'm so glad he said that um, one of my other, my many jobs, I always laugh about how many jobs I have. <laughs> yeah, a, we, we got some questions <laughs> about your hats. <laughs> your hats. Well, I'm a licensed realtor. Yeah, and so even looking at the housing market, you know, and helping buyers as well as sellers navigate well, this market. This market is hot, baby. This market is the hot. And, you know, I haven't been around that long. I do mm-hmm. have my countdown to 50. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to being able to say that I'm 50 just because I want to be able to say, continue to say, everything that I want to say (laughs) but this housing market is very interesting and the rent the rental amounts are such that it is difficult to find decent housing that's affordable you might as well buy a house I mean and and when we talk about housing and and buying houses Mm -hmm. you know when we're we're talking about creating generational wealth Mm -hmm. I think that is something that is also a huge deficit in Mm -hmm. our communities that is not really emphasized um, early on and then even into you know into your your earlier years you think okay well I've got bad credit I can't get this house Mm -hmm. and just emphasizing having that home gives you a lot more flexibility Stability, stability, and it and it, it doesn't matter your 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 economic status mm-hmm. in life, right? Because yeah. people think, oh, I can't afford it, I can't do this, I can't do that, and I think we need more education in that area. But sometimes it's mentality. So my husband and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Had we 
thought in the beginning that our first house was really our starter house, mm-hmm. we would have gone into that home with a different mentality. Absolutely. Right? So we've I love been that. taught that once you get something, whether it's it. It, it's it. Yes. So you have no room. And so we have decision fatigue because we're like, we got to get the perfect thing at the very time that we get it. But had we gone in thinking this is our first house, this is our starter home, we would have bought um, a house and halfway paid it off and then turned it into a Come rental in. property. Because yeah, yeah. then we would have been able to get a lower priced house, right, mm-hmm. that didn't need a lot of work, maybe a brick wrench style, styled house, mm-hmm. um, a lower mortgage. We would have been able to save our money. And so there are so many decisions that when we're not groomed and taught early on how to make a decision, I think that's de- just as de- detrimental as not knowing what to do. Yeah, Absolutely. my, my, and I, speaking of that, my mother who has never um, probably made over $35,000 in a, she has three rental properties that she, and that's her in uh, her retirement income. Yeah. She, she owns her uh, own house. She, uh, 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 so she, she was and, and the thing about it is, is, is that's where generational wealth comes. You being me having to be able to pass something off. Uh, to having a legacy to pass mm-hmm. off to someone. And, and, and like Tamika was saying, though, uh, Wes, and, and, and on what, what you were saying with your mom and everything, it's like, how do you get to that mindset? That's right. Mm-hmm. How do we get our people to change the way that they're thinking? And of course, it is education, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think that you said something that we get um, uh, decision fatigue. <laughs> That's an, I'm going to get a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I've got to get a t-shirt mm-hmm. because let me tell you, not only with the housing market she do we have that padding. Oh I'll yeah, no, she should because that's what, ha- that's what happens. It's just like people get so overwhelmed and especially yes. in this COVID environment. I mean, that should really be right there at the forefront of a lot of things that are going on with yeah. a lot of us. But um, at the same time, you know, like you said, people get comfortable. Mm-hmm. They buy their first home, right? Mm-hmm. They don't think about like Wes said, mm-hmm. his mom goes out and gets rental property mm-hmm. to subsidize income. And how can you use the current home that you're in to help build wealth? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just making repairs yeah. on your yeah. home, but taking out a line of credit, mm-hmm. not to pay off credit cards, but possibly to purchase another property that will help you build income. There are mm-hmm. a variety yeah, of ways things. that we could utilize. You know, if you are married and your spouse gets the house in his or her name, and then the other spouse goes and gets a property as a rental property mm-hmm. to supplement. I mean, there are so many yeah, things, different variables that yeah. you can mm-hmm. take. And and thinking of that and talking about the black community and getting that certain that mindset right. and changing those paradigms, I think a lot of that, <clears throat> excuse me, is definitely based on what 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 type of. Um, I guess I want to say money. There's no money in our communities. So as we talk about this, uh, the rescue plan and all this money that's out there now, how does that money get to the black communities? Right. Especially as we hear everything is underprivileged, underprivileged. These, these are these funds. This is for right. for all these different communities, all of our black communities, and these what the funds are for. But yet we see it didn't seem to get to us for and, some reason. And, and is it the way it is? Is it the well, program? Well, I mean, it, part of it's education, you know, with the PPP, you know, people weren't aware of the first round. I have people and I, you know, I did help people with, with the Paycheck Protection 
program, but they didn't, blacks didn't participate in the first round. Now that you're toward the end, people say, well, can I go back and no, well, they, the rules don't allow you to go back and get that first round. So, uh, and those are forgivable loans that, that most business, they, they've already passed out uh, $900 billion in paycheck protection loan. That program ends at the end of this month. But so. I'm also saying though, if there, everything is based on a, a quote unquote program for black people, right? Mm. So, I'm okay with the program, but I think it's the dollar amount that's attached to the program. Everything is always the lowest cost. Why can't, why can't programs be put millions of dollars into our programs so we can get more valuable, successful outcomes? Because a lot of times the programs are just administered and you don't get any results in the programs. Because yeah, that's where yeah. these dollars are gonna be going to, are the it, it, programs. Yeah, and, and there's there's billions and trillions, actually trillions, of that the American Rescue Plan, uh, uh, the CARES Act was 2.2 trillion. Uh, the the Consolidated Appropriation Act, which uh, was passed right after Christmas, 900 billion. Uh, uh, the American Rescue Plan, it was for 2.2 trillion. And now the the American Jobs Act and the American Families Act, which is part of his President Biden's infrastructure plan, is 4.1 trillion dollars uh, mm -hmm. and those funds uh, we have to make sure we we have a seat at the table uh because uh in in the trump administration there was a uh the uh the corporate tax cut mm -hmm. 1.8 trillion which was a trickle down it was supposed to the, the the money was went to the billionaires and the corporations with a tax cut and that money was supposed to filter down to us well it didn't and now we have to make sure that we are involved in in the conversations uh, uh, that are going on in the American Rescue Plan. Mm -hmm. Make sure you when when that money hits City Hall that we're down there talking about because it's our money. Absolutely. And and then I think it's important to point out and and for us to understand mm -hmm. will those be direct funds or mm -hmm. indirect funds? So when you talk about the yes. tax cut, those mm -hmm. are direct funds to right. Americans. But then when we have these other funds come down that have to go through our municipalities and organizations, mm -hmm. those will help individuals indirectly mm. and so what are the qualifications and criteria to make sure that they are focused on the individuals they'll help indirectly like you you were mentioned like uh, uh the, the american rescue plans has over 50 billion in different types of rental mm -hmm. assistance yep. uh, to help people who cannot make That's that right. but you have to know like the gentleman who called earlier you have to know He's got some through the vouchers. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you there, if you go to, uh, there's one program uh, where they give it directly to the landlord, mm -hmm. but it comes to you. It actually to help you pay for your rental, but it goes directly to the landlord. Right. And that's what I mean by program. So let's say that voucher is for $700. Mm -hmm. So that means they have to find something for 700. Why come the voucher can't be for $2,000? You know, I mean, it, because you want, you want, high quality of living that's what i mean it's like we we still we all of our everything for us stays down here below we got to come up a little bit we got to start bringing it up a little octave but that's going to be so that's so systemic right, right of help of our and so of so we are also we also have rental properties mm. and, and one of the things because i've been in this work for so long sure. is that we are very thoughtful about our um 
our rent, our rent mm-hmm. staying at an amount that is not greater than 35% of someone's income, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Because the worst thing that could happen is that you continuously increase rent and people can barely afford the rent anyway. So then when it's hot, when it's increased, then they can't afford necessities. Right. That's still not going to make for a good environment for the individual who's staying there. And so how are we figuring out if one wants to be a landlord, how the taxes, property taxes and insurance factor into having a mortgage for a rental property so that you can have comparable but mm. affordable rental prices so that someone who's looking for safe, affordable, habitable, all of those things can still live and thrive and not just live there and survive. And I want that $2,000 to pay for that property that they're staying in. I mean, so that means a $700 property or apartment or home compared to one that is $2,000, you would think that's going to be a little bit of an upgrade. But it'll be based on income and dependency. Right, 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 right. But and, And that's what I mean. Maybe, maybe still change the paradigm is what I'm saying. Let's switch it up a little because it's been the same forever. It's always the lower well, well, end And I think also you have to look at the, from the side of the landlord too uh, and because what, you know, one of the things that, that if you don't have, a, you have high turnover or you have a situation where that property is not taken care of, then the landlord has to take on to that. And you're seeing that uh, uh, with, uh, you know, with the discussion and the debate at the state capitol on the renters' right, mm-hmm. Arkansas is the only state that doesn't have renter right, and and uh, I think we we have leaned too far on the side of the landlord, uh, but there is is some uh, you know some discussions that should be made on 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 the fact that to, if I'm not getting right now if a if if a landlord is not getting rental income mm-hmm. because of the moratorium eviction ban. What's going to happen to that landlord? That's he's right. got to. He's got to. He's got to do something too. And if I only make twenty five thousand dollars a year, I can. I should still be able to get a voucher for two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But anyway, the bridge. Oh, yeah. The crack in the bridge. That is not a crack. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. You see it on our website. It's a, that's a, that's a fraction, baby. That's a break. <laughs> it's all broken up. I oh. kept thinking to myself. Now, I mean, I know things can be cracked up, or you can crack an egg, but that is that is more than a crack. That's well, a, you know, I was a reporter a over moon. over. I was a, I was in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. When the bridge in Weber's Fall yeah. crashed, uh, you know, all my colleagues at the Tulsa World reported on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 that that, um, but this would Ooh. that this would would be a hundred times worse because of yeah. that. That's a it, that's how, a how long? That's a two miles over across that river. Well, let me ask this question. I-40 is one of the nation's busiest transportation mm. corridors. How will this impact West um, and Tamika, Arkansas, and the economic development across the Mid-South? How can you go? I, you you, you got to go through there, that interstate, to get the, to St. Louis, mm-hmm. to go sometime. To, folks would go to Atlanta. I'd go down to the bottom to Louisiana because mm-hmm. I don't want to go but uh, you got to go that to Atlanta, to Nashville, to the East Coast, can't go to, anywhere. to Midwest through that corridor. Yes. Uh, the only way now is you're going to get people back on US 67 just to get around that. But but this is going to have a dramatic impact because they're talking several months now. That's right. And do you think they should have shut it down? 
Or it's gonna break down if you yeah, don't shut it down. Yeah, I know. You, you gotta shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and 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 it seems like it backed all the way up into the city. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it is just not a good thing. Yeah, that, right and now. I-40 is always crowded. I mean it's I've been I've been stuck yeah, on there right. anyway. And, and and that's still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean think but of nineteen sixty seven. But still, still, obviously not. I mean, think about the Broadway Bridge. It took a long time to blow but, that but, sucker but, up. But here's the thing, and you, they, and you see all the construction downtown right now. Those bridges were mm-hmm. both built at the same time, more than fifty years oh, ago. Man. Wow! So, so that's pretty. Out. But that, but I think what you've explained is the major. Um, Highway that is. Mm-hmm. Think about millions of cars. Yeah, and trucks. Time. Yes, car- carrying cargo. Like the weight, it must have been so much weight on mm. that. Um, well, well, everybody knows that because of FedEx. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis is one of the largest transportation yes. hubs in the United States. Yes. So you've got truck yeah. firms coming into uh, that hub. Now it's also one of the major. Uh, uh, energy trans uh, mm. hubs. So yeah, right. you've got all that traffic, the big mm. trucks coming into and, and into that uh, area. So yeah, it's going to have a dramatic economic impact on the entire region, not just the Memphis area, but it's going to uh, mm. spread across up to St. Louis, uh, east to Nashville. And, and, and let's talk about traveling and vacationing. People are probably going to stay home versus me, getting no, into that traffic. No, no, we're talking about the gasoline oh, issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Memorial Day kicks off oh, yeah. in two weeks, which is the beginning of the summer. Dr- and folks are ready to travel. I've been Ooh, in that house. Well, I'm going, are I'm they going, going to travel the for $3 gas? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, anyway. because they have been in their basement That's yeah, right. for a travel. whole year now. They're ready to get on the road. And what you're seeing is in the accident of the colonial pipeline on the East mm-hmm. Coast. Plus, you know, they always jack up prices when the travel season starts. So mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing $3 gasoline for it's going to get up even higher uh, for the next several weeks. And and, uh, uh, and going through that transportation hub in Memphis, uh, I'm going to go down. To, whatever I'm going to Florida, I'm going down to Louisiana. It ain't going through uh, Memphis. So. I'm just thankful I got a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> low, la- low gas <laughs> mileage. Low <laughs> gas mileage. I don't know. I, I would have to second think going in that direction, mm-hmm. I guess you might say, because I do not like traffic mm-hmm. at all. I don't mm-hmm. like to be sitting in traffic at all. So I don't know about, about going down 40, mm-hmm. going anywhere yeah. for the summertime for, for me. I think that's going to I think that's gonna make some major uh, differences in people travel i think they'll travel but they'll probably travel they, they, closer they, to yeah. home like they're gonna put you know, an go, x on memphis they're gonna yeah. put it yeah they, they yeah. Memphis. yeah they'll avoid it at, at all costs literally and 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 let's talk about how this is kindly kind of directly reflecting the infrastructure plan that biden is trying to get pushed through and then and the, and, the, and it's being denied and we've got cracks and bridges well is that well, like well that's what it is talking about part of the, the the American Jobs Act, which is part of his infrastructure, is to build, rebuild, or renovate twenty thousand major roads and highways, mm-hmm. ten thousand bridges, mm-hmm. because most of the major bridges into major er- er- areas in the United States are over fifty years. Mm-hmm. So 
if the one in Memphis is experiencing the one in Little Rock over the Arkansas River, they're having to redo them. That's right. That means that all over the country, because I've been on some rickety bridges. Mm. You go down to Mississippi in uh, Jackson and uh, some of those uh, down down south. Those bridges. Are, I'm wondering how this bridge that is aging yes, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, and see, this goes back to this mentality that once we build it, it will last forever. Mm-hmm. That we don't factor in change. Mm-hmm. We factor in when I make this decision. I'm going to be fine. And when we don't plan for change, we are always in a panic. And another thing always. is a lot of these bridges are two, two lanes on each yep. side, uh, interstate. That's that's it. Yep. And and we know that gridlock is in every major city in the country. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you been on that, coming off that bridge? I've never seen In so Memphis, much. you see how it turns yes. when you get off that, and it make that crazy turn. Well, to, I've mm-hmm. never seen so much gridlock in little, little old Little Rock ever. Or downtown. You Atlanta or L.A. or New York, but not little old Little Rock. I mean, we, gridlock is not for Little Rock. Yeah, okay? we got it. We got it, though, right? And speaking of, um, you know, the, the Jobs Act, um, uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson opted out of the federal supplement for unemployment assistance um, that offers um, state job seekers an extra $300 per week um, uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think that was a pretty, personally, I think that's a pretty bold statement, uh, a pretty uh, bold thing that he did. And I don't know if that was something that, um, that it was really seriously looked at. Um, And I know people need to get back to work, but there are some 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 other variables that go along with that, which are people may be afraid to go back to work because of COVID. Then you have child care. Child care care is a big issue. So we're not even considering that. I'm not saying that there are people that may not want just may not go back to work, but you got to factor in the whole big picture. So do you hurt, you know, hurt you know, uh, uh, or or seemingly hurt one one group of people, and then everybody has to to suffer and, and, and go down on the ship. It, w- it wasn't a, it wasn't a public policy decision. It was a political decision mm-hmm. because you're seeing uh, uh, Republican states all over the country rejecting. Uh, there are six states now that have rejected uh, the unemployment compensation. They actually expanded. It, you, you remember at, under the CARES Act, under Donald Trump, it was 600. Mm-hmm. And then it became 300. But so now under the Democratic president, it's no longer, we don't need it. But under the, the Republican president, it was 600. Uh, uh, and here's the thing, that people have a choice. But they're saying they're wanting people to get back to work. And, yeah, but and, this is always this undeserved population. So mm-hmm. we continue to push a narrative of who deserves assistance, mm-hmm. right? And so what yes. we don't realize if we're not careful and mindful is that it seeps into our thinking of yeah they really don't deserve it and we start to believe that people are sitting at home willing want to sit at home just to get an additional three hundred dollars a month it 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 shifts this and so the work that i've done in the past has been on anti-poverty issues but Mm -hmm. more so of shifting this narrative of the undeserved like who deserves to have assistance and we know what those faces look like when we talk about who needs to get to work and who actually gets back to work yeah and it it impacts and i think you know uh, uh, cyrus bali he talked Mm -hmm. about that the narrative that that the democratic 
Porter has not done only a good making twenty five thousand dollars a year. But go ahead. Yeah, the, <laughs> the 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 narrative that the Democratic Party hasn't hadn't done a good job of saying this policy also affects rural oh, whites that are right. voting for voting against themselves. And and here here's the thing that people have a choice of right mm. now. I'm going back to a, a, a fast food job that doesn't have health care, mm-hmm. doesn't have how child care, mm-hmm. and I, I and 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 I have to balance that between going back to work and getting three hundred dollars. It's an easy decision, folks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and the point is is that our policies, though, if you call it a policy decision, wasn't made in regard to the people that it impacts. Uh, but that is that is one hundred and ninety-seven. I did the calculation: one hundred ninety-seven million dollars mm-hmm. that we're taking off the table for people in our communities and black unemployment here. And they can in, give that money to the black community. And well, we black, need that money. Well, we need that money. <laughs> they they gonna spend it no way, right, Wes? Uh, to Mika, come on, somebody help me. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. It's not that our, easy. Our people are, are, are want to work. I mean, that's that's the narrative you said. Uh, black people have always had to work and always had to. There would to. be no country if it wasn't working. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But, you know, this is going to impact uh, a lot of people. Currently, Arkansas, uh, black unemployment in Arkansas is the same as the United States, 9.7%. Mm. That's almost double digit. One out of every 10 black person who wants to work. This is people who want to work or, or can't can't find a job that is suitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are jobs out there, but 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 these CEOs who are making $200 million a year versus uh, someone who, who is making less than the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the choice that you give people of making. Seems like insult to injury. Speaking of which, the mayor's penny problem. Mm-hmm. Penny, a penny for your thoughts. Uh, a nickel <laughs> for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, we we gonna see that that uh, it, it, it there. It, this is the first big challenge for yeah. for uh, Mayor Scott. He's gonna have to uh, uh, go to the negotiating table mm-hmm. to to kind of recraft his uh, penny plan. Uh, the zoo is not gonna get as much priority. I think you're gonna see. We've been talking about infrastructure. That's what I think is gonna be the issue. You're gonna see more dollars go toward. Uh, uh, infrastructure rather than quality of life issues that uh, that uh, was in the original uh, plan. Let's let's do this, Wes. Uh oh, that sparks up. Yeah, we got a well, caller on. Just one moment, caller. I do have a real quick question because I want us to break down this penny because I don't think people fully understand that it's not necessarily a whole penny, and then it's not the penny. It, it, it even if it's half of the penny, we've already been paying that half. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be you know, it's 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 like a continuum of what we're already doing. Well, well, the the original uh, uh, sales tax was passed back in Stodal is around 2011, 2012, and it was a three eight cents. It expires mm-hmm. on January first of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Mayor Scott proposes is that you add a five eighths onto that, make it a full penny, and extend it, and add that extra revenue that comes in mm-hmm. uh, to to. Uh, uh, basically drive revenue to for his agenda that he wants is what he calls the new south mm-hmm. agenda yeah uh, uh, so that's the, that's the issue that he has uh, I think there's going to be a lot of negotiations and in, in the there's going to be they're talking about putting the special vote mm-hmm. uh, it was planned for January uh, July 13th but now mm-hmm. a week July 20th so that's that's the issue now that that's before him. And I think that we continue to talk about this full penny, right? Mm. And thinking about how um, 
tax sales taxes are in surrounding areas. That was right? one of your issues at the Capitol I'm that you talked about. Saying, like, I mean, and so it's it's there it's a very convoluted issue in how we talk about what's actually happening. And as Wes said, you know, we're already at three eighths. The five eighths only adds it up. But if you look at all of our surrounding counties, their sales tax is higher than ours and that contributes to their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that and thank you, Wes, for, for breaking that down for us because I want people to understand that it's only five-eighths of what we're already That's paying, right. which makes the whole penny. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Did you have Thank a comment or a question? Y'all. Thank you. And I hope you all don't mind me joining in. But I, we have to remember in a social economical system dominated by the system of white supremacy racism, which is the main problem, the real problem, now, with that being said, they are always going to hurt people of color. I mean, this is directed to what we say we're in the dirty South. Now, they're going to really start with the dirty South to see how a lot of the uh, little things they come up with, like put them back to work when they haven't trained and that's what we need in our areas, a lot of training sessions for people. They had this uh, 70-something million dollar thing going on saying contractors can get on board and all this. Are you there? I'm here. We're listening okay. to you. Uh, okay. They said a lot of the contractors could to get on board. But it's just like <clears throat> saying, if you saying pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you don't have the proper boots, this is the way they really... Uh, get at us. Now, as far as this one cent sales tax, during a pandemic, when you go in the store and everything already is inflation. Yeah. Consumer price index went up 0.8% this week, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, uh, all, all our prices across the board, energy, whatever it is, everything going is, is, is going up. So uh, energy. A lemon, a lemon is a dollar twenty-six cent. Yeah, a grapes uh, are seven dollars. I don't know about a whole dollar twenty-six yeah. cents. I can get a whole bag for two ninety-nine, but I have to tell you where to get that soda bean. It's real quick though. Okay. Now the thing is, if we can get them to really slice this economical pie right. Now, they say if you're not a good steward of little, well, the Bible says, if you're a good steward of little, God will bless you with much. But well, you know you know what, Solabing? I think that is an excellent question. How do we get them to slice it right? And we've got two experts here, and we're going to ask them that question. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Peace. So how do we get them to slice it right? Uh, well, I think this penny is going, going to be... It. And help in that direction. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, I think we have to, like I said, we have to be... Uh, go to our, our local uh, city directors and tell them, you know, this is what our community needs streets. Our communities need uh, these things that, that West, the same thing that West Little Rock has, the same, uh, we need infrastructure. We need, uh, I, I can't find a grocery store down, downtown. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, uh, I think those are the conversations that we need to have. And it's going to be tough, tough conversations. And, and the mayor has a challenge to, to move forward his agenda versus 
trying to get everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the, the, the difficult job that he has. And maybe that's something that we do. We start having more of a conversation and explaining those things. And, and because we have uh, more of uh, digital media platforms, mm-hmm. you know, getting people engaged and, mm-hmm. and, well, and, well, and, the and having that conversation. The mayor's uh, uh, speech, state of, the, state of Address, is on our website. Go check it out. And we have to give information in bite sizes. I yeah. think, you know, oh, absolutely. as people continue to talk about are we going against our oh, own interest huge. what are our interests mm-hmm. i think that needs to be defined and but we're not monolithic again. either say, say right again so i like that bite size <laughs> it has to be bite size because because then there's more accountability with bite size absolutely because then you can say are you going to do this yes or no and, and how are we going to do this xyz that's mm-hmm. right Callers, are you listening to that? <laughs> yeah, we need some bites. We don't need we don't need the big old chunks coming out all at one time right. because we have so many things that are going on. Get in the lane and let, help us out. That's right. That's what we, that's exactly what we need to do. Um, you are listening to KABF eighty eight point three, the voice of the people. Caller, are you there? Still there. Okay. Uh, Hotel again, but all right. I just want to clar- clarify something. Uh, you know, we've had two major developments over that housing for the first uh, redevelopment in the rock was about a seventy-eight to seventy-two million dollar project. Okay, mm-hmm. we now have our second development, which would be about an eighty-four million dollar project. Okay, uh, there has been talk that uh, you know it's the system and all that. Well, let me tell you what we've interjected change in that system. If you're not bonded. Sign up anyway, and we'll get you bonded, okay? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. If you're not licensed, sign mm-hmm. up anyway, mm-hmm. and we'll get you licensed, okay? Let me if turn this one up a little bit. With your payroll as gap funding, we'll provide the gap funding for you. You know, we talk about the system of white supremacy and racism. Mm-hmm. It's here. What you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it ain't. Uh-uh. So what, what are you going to do about it? You can sit there and complain, gripe, moan, lament, and nothing is done to address the issues that need to be addressed. All right, so thank you for coming. What we're trying to do at the Housing Authority okay. is interject that change where it needs to be interjected to serve the under, the most underdeserved population. Hmm. So well, peace and blessings. And, and thank you. Thank you so much. So and, I'm, I'm glad he said, I'm glad he talked about what some organizations are trying to do to overcome when people say they don't have enough resources. And and so um, I am a Jack Lig amateur sociologist and psychologist, <laughs> so let me put that Attorney, out there. Hey, because I, 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 I think it's really important for us to think about, even when you give people opportunities or you take Tell them that you're going to do something mm-hmm. when their past informs every, something completely different. There is a trust issue. So I'm not discounting Thank the you. opportunity, the opportunities that are provided for people to do another thing for their life. But if we are not a, addressing this trust factor of people saying, yeah, the government, somebody's going to help me, but I know it's coming back to get me. And that tends to happen time after time after time after time again. So how do we build trust when we have these programs that are available for individuals? And, 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 How do we build trust? I, and I saw that with the P- Paycheck Protection Program. People said, 
uh, I don't know if I should sign up for that because uh, uh, they gonna they gonna check my. I said no, it's not based on credit. Right. Oh, uh, 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 are they gonna do this? Are they gonna do that? I said no. That's you're right. The trust factor is not there, especially when we look at at, at our, our you know the past. Right. Uh, and so, if there's an example of someone who has gone through that program and they were successful, that's what's going to bring people along. And so, maybe instead of us saying this is what's available to you, we make sure that uh, people are those folks who are willing to take those risks are the ones who are also the proponents and going out and getting more people to be a part. Yeah, Let, let's let's change it. I don't want to get directly to to what what some of the things that you're doing right mm-hmm. now uh, uh, over at, at Central Arkansas Water and uh, especially the whole movement to to CEI. What, that's what we call it, mm-hmm. and uh, or DEI. I mean diversity. Equity and in, or Jedi, yeah, Jedi, justice, equity, you can diversity. See that they got like that, oh, Jedi. Yeah. Jedi. I like that. Uh, but but you are in, involved in that conversation. I remember in the past when when the the whole chief diversity officer came mm-hmm. into the corporate world. What I saw was that that chief diversity officer didn't have any muscle, mm-hmm. the, the ability to do making. Now we have equity, inclusion. Inclusion mm-hmm. means I change right so tell us about what you're doing over there and how the the the, the jedi or 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 the the uh, dei mm-hmm. is starting you're sitting in the corporate world the city right. mayor scott named the new mm-hmm. a uh, really good friend of mine yeah so great. so tell us about that and this whole movement in jedi yes right, jedi. so i tell you so really jedi comes a lot from sociology and psychology and thinking about environments and individuals and so if we're thoughtful about um and i'll just speak for myself of the work that i'm doing over at central arkansas water is internal and an and external so Mm. internal and thinking about leadership management thinking Mm. about um, supplier diversity as Mm. well as you know um, how our policies procedures and programs actually impact individuals Mm. but thinking externally it is how are we connecting with our community Mm -hmm. how are we making sure that our um, work is inclusive now inclusive two parts not that you're just at the table but also you have a sense of belonging that your ideas and your thoughts are actually adding to the work and not just a checkbox right Mm -hmm. and so how are we doing that engaging stakeholders ensuring partnerships having a better um, having more visibility within the community so that we drive our mission of providing high quality water but now that can break out into water equity there are a lot of things that Water is a big issue right now. That's right. Water, as our tagline, is essential and exceptional, but the ascension that essentiality of it all. I probably messed up that word. I made it probably. No, you did it good. I got you it right. did it okay. <laughs> But so when you think about it being essential, how are we delivering water? How are we responding to our customers? How um, are we getting ahead of making sure we don't have um, that our water is plentiful? Mm. You know, how are we having that conversation here and maybe have an impact throughout the state? Because there are some parts of the state that do not have the advantages that we have here in Central Arkansas. And mm-hmm. so how are we making an impact there? Yeah, and you know, we all know what happened uh, uh, up in, in, I think, in the Detroit, not Detroit, with, with the water issue. Mm-hmm. Water quality is a big issue right yes, now. It's uh, the, the Biden administration is making a big part of its, its mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure plan to, mm-hmm. to basically rebuild all the water structure, infrastructure yeah. across the country. In that conversation, one of the things I, I, 
I like about your your role is that you have a direct line to the, the, the CEO. That's right. Whereas in the past, these chief diversity officers reported to the HR person. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, HR is a huge part of it because you're managing um, people and you have to be thoughtful about workplace culture. Cause right. one, and this is sure. where the uh, the social science but you have that, out. But you're involved in that conversation. Correct. And having that influence of are our decisions having the best impact on our people internally and our community externally, right? And so I I do believe having the direct line to the CEO will help facilitate a broader conversation that there are not various layers to get to. And that's one of the things that Tad and I talked about earlier, and he was very open to it and very intentional about having this person direct um, to he would be the direct supervisor for this role. Right. So it's the first role at Central Arkansas Water. Um, and I'm glad, of course, to be there, but to be able to marry all of my experiences in polit- in politics. Right. You know, they always say that a li- if you have a liberal arts major, you can learn anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm a liberal arts. I can learn anything mm-hmm. that yeah, I need yeah, to I learn. Can. But being able to see how politics work, not only at the legislature, but within a workplace culture, I think I'm best position to be able to move the work yeah, forward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things that uh, you, you're t- talking about this issue of water and, and basically externally, mm-hmm. uh, generally the, the chief diversity officer, basically that role looked internally. Mm-hmm. So externally, what will we be seeing as a community in terms of of these water issues you saw with the storm that mm-hmm. became that was a big that was it? a big big issue but little rock never i mean central arkansas waters service area mm-hmm. never lost water no, it did. It did. right because of the dedicated folks who are on the ground doing this work every single day our crews mm-hmm. are out there making sure that they immediately fix mains that we're connecting with organizations to make sure they knew to turn off certain um certain you know if, if there were um, unoccupied buildings to make sure that the water was turned off there. And we also made sure publicly that folks who knew that they um, had a water leak, they mm-hmm. were able to contact CAW with the repair and they had 75% off of um, that bill. So a lot oh, of folks wow. didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's really, and that's that. So, so let's talk external. about that, that 75% mm-hmm. off. Let me help me understand that a little bit more. So many people who experienced a break during that time period, now, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a break way before, but during that time period of Snowmageddon, yes. right, mm-hmm. you should contact, um, you should, one, get the leak repaired. And if the bill was exorbitant based on that time period, sure. you can contact CAW for an adjustment. Yeah, because mm-hmm. some people might be still paying for it with that's payments correct. and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So that's, that's correct. That's Along great with the high energy bill they had to pay during that time. <laughs> and too. our water is affordable. If it you is. really think about yeah. it, and it's delicious. Now, now, I was about to say, yeah. now we're supposed <laughs> to have some of the best delicious. water yeah. in the straight in the, from the tap baby. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's got delicious. that natural 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 state water hey, that's right mm-hmm. absolutely and absolutely. our and our my our colleagues do an amazing job like i can't take credit for that because i'm the one who's like maybe we shouldn't do this maybe we should do that but the folks who are on the ground they make sure we have high quality water mm-hmm. and as as you, as you spoke about tamika you do wear a lot of hats i do yeah. a lot and you wear them very well <laughs> by the I way try. okay yeah. community act Activist, lawyer, executive, businesswoman, entrepreneur—you know—in uh, our working in our with our, um, you know, um, justice mm-hmm. over at Philander Smith mm-hmm. College, mm-hmm. and so 
What success have you had that you're really most proud of, I'd like to ask in our last few minutes? Mm -hmm. And then also, what uh, can you say to women of color to help us? And men. And men want to band together, and especially women, because because mm -hmm. we're women, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, we, and we take a lot of leading positions, but not right. forgetting the man, right. no doubt, right. right? But how can we say, how can we um, look at how we can take band together, mic. come together more right. uh, with our commonalities, and then go beyond to help rebuild and right. help rebuild our communities? So for your first question of what accomplishment or what thing I'm most proud of, I'm most proud of self-reflection. Um, I had to do a lot of internal work to understand what was happening with me. And um, in doing this work, there are a lot of opportunities to be seen and a lot of opportunities to work with other folks. And I had to make sure that I didn't get caught up in the fear of being irrelevant, but more so focused on doing the work and making sure that... Um, you know, work will speak for itself. That's it. Because mm -hmm, if mm -hmm, you're absolutely. focused on being important and powerful, you take your eye off the work of, of helping people actually, you know, getting to another place. And I heard Denise Donnell say that it's not so much that you need to be a voice for the voiceless. You need to amplify the voiceless. And mm -hmm. so the move now is really being focused on not always being the one talking, mm -hmm. but making sure that I uplift and amplify other people who who, um, who need to be talking when I don't have their lived experiences. The other thing, you know, I think that to help people move along is that we got to be willing to really trust one another. Um, mm -hmm. Trust is going to be huge in our moving forward, but the way to have trust is to build a relationship, but also to prove one trustworthy, right? So I can't roll out here and expect you to trust me when the things that I'm doing are not trustworthy. And so mm. that's why it goes back to number one of being mm -hmm. self-reflective. Am I the person that I want to be around? Am I the person I would want to work for? You know, and Absolutely. am I the person I would want having have mm -hmm. uh, working for me. So a lot of it is the work that I've done internally, so that that work comes out um, in my relationships and my other work on the ground. I love that. And, so. I, and I think one of those those things is when you're talking about those things. I think people uh, and and when people speak of you and speak of you and the work that you do in the community, uh, it's selfless, and 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 you always have a. I love the, the fact that you have a, 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 a humbleness about your work, but you also have a, I love your laughter and your humor <laughs> and, and the ability to, to make people around you uh, comfortable and uh, in, engaging and not, uh, uh, one of the things we teach in, 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 in churches that no one is too high and mm -hmm. no one is too low, mm -hmm. but everyone is the same. I'll take out the trash. I'll wash <laughs> yeah. the like, because that, it doesn't matter. The work matters. Yes. Right. And, and the results of what, of what you're doing. And I think something that you said that's, you know, very true, um, as well as trusting, but helping others. Mm -hmm. And I think you do that very, very well. And we want to say that you have helped us here today. Yes, you have. And we're going to have to get you back a, soon. A, a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful radio show we certainly appreciate you and listen don't forget Mm -hmm. decision fatigue <laughs> you gotta be clear yes. and concise yes. we got it but we gotta overcome that decision fatigue i love mm -hmm. that one mm -hmm. and more importantly listen 
you if you said a mouthful when you said this no pun intended we need to take everything and bite we do. sizes mm-hmm. yeah. don't and, and 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 there's a reason for that yeah. i mean we got a lot going on yes. and we got a lot in our head that we want to express right. mm-hmm. but if we all take a bite size mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then we can probably get a lot more accomplished right. because it can be overwhelming and, and a lot of times when people are talking and expressing themselves mm-hmm. it's because they they do feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed but let's focus on something that's right mm-hmm. then trying to focus on earth thing that's i mean right. everything right earth, <laughs> earth <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> i said it right earth thing. Earth thing. Hey, uh, well go to our website yeah, blackconsumernews.com and read about this incredible woman our, our reporter our managing editor victoria mays and and jessica oh, dawn they did a great job on on writing about the read the story and and uh, go to black consumer and just uh, learn a little bit more about what we're doing because uh, we're going to be growing and we're going to be engaging our community Absolutely, and we've done a wonderful job of that today. Again, Tamika, thank you so much. Tamika Edwards, we appreciate yeah. you being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. All righty, and Wesley, that's us for the that's for Friday it. for this for Friday. this week. That's right. It's uh, always a good Friday. And, and remember to drink water from the tap. Don't go out there and buy them bottled waters. Drink the water from drink the tap. tap. It's good. Right. It's good okay. tap water. Good tap water. Plus, <laughs> it's in plastic anyway. So really, <laughs> don't really right. not. That's a whole nother conversation on the health tip, right. right? All right that's then. Right. Thank you again for joining us Got here. Got the promotion in right quick. Got it in. Got it in. Make sure you go to blackconsumernews.com and check us out. We certainly appreciate you. Like us on Twitter and Facebook because we like you. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll be back here at from 11 a.m. to 12 noon next Friday. Have a great rest of your weekend and be back here with Black Consumer News next week. Black Consumer News, news that empowers.